Episode nine of REI Closures. We got Ryan Schrope on here. So Ryan is in the sub two community with me. Um, actually met him through a buddy of ours in the same group, Gage. Um, I think he connected us, but Ryan's pretty big leader in the group. He's in Florida. He's doing a lot of wholesaling, EMD lending. So Gator lending, as Pace Morby calls it, we'll get into that, um, how he's getting some big returns on just lending on people's deals. Um, and there's a lot more that he's doing, but I'm pretty curious about your business too. So I just want to dive into it and <clears throat> get, get those questions uh, for the rest of the the people that will end up listening to this. So uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Stoked. So you're at, what, uh, what part of Florida are you in right now? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. So for people that haven't been in Florida, it's like very Northeast, basically um, Georgia, right before Georgia. Okay. I know you're going on a, you do a lot of traveling and going on a kayak trip. Is that in the same different part of Florida? Yeah. West coast, but yeah, we move around decent amount. Yeah. So I was just, I wanted to touch on what we were just talking about because I don't know your exact start into real estate, but um, you can dive a little deeper. I know you're living in Jacksonville and you're kind of not house hacking, but you've created some sort of passive income from the Airbnb side of your house. What are you, what are you doing right now in the current residence you're in? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would call it house hacking and, and that's definitely how we got our start. Um, we moved into this house like a year and a half ago. There was kind of a, like a big flex space, I guess you could call it um, kind of a converted garage, but it had a separate entrance. And so the first like three months probably of moving into this house, I spent just, pretty much every night building an Airbnb in that flex space. So like building a bathroom and plumbing and electrical and a bunch of stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing, um, putting that all together. And then that's just kind of its own, own separate thing now. So it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's very automated. Like it takes basically no time and it covers our mortgage more or less. Wow. Did you buy it with the intention of doing that from the beginning? Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Read a, I've, I, I was doing a lot of book reading like most people do. Um, and so I was reading uh, Set for Life was one of the really good ones I read. It's a Bigger Pockets book and it talks about the the classic like house hack, um, you know, buy a house every year type vibe. Um, and so we were very intentionally, we actually got a realtor from Bigger Pockets and gave him our intentions and we're like, we'd actually never been to Jacksonville. So we didn't really know like what a good area was. So we just said, Hey, this is our goal. We want to fig- find a house that we can, you know, house hack. And, you know, the, the classic I think is, you know, buy a duplex, triplex, quadplex, rent out the other units or whatever. Um, that's not very easy to do for most people, especially when we were buying, which was kind of the height of the market. Um, so, you know, it was just, it was basically impossible. So we looked for those things for a little bit. Um, and then our realtor who were, we're super grateful, grateful for was like, Hey, let's look at other options here. Cause you know, I am assuming you guys don't want to wait a year to buy a house. So let's figure out if we can get you a single family house that you can kind of just finesse. And so we did that and it's worked out great. Did he come up with the Airbnb idea as like a, a side part or was that just like maybe rent out by the room originally? No, it was, I mean, we weren't a hundred percent sure on Airbnb, but that was the goal. Like that was what yeah. he pitched to us. He said, Hey, look, there's this big space that's, you know, called a flex room. It doesn't actually do anything. It's kind of a waste of, you know, space. Yeah. You guys think you could turn it into something. 
So we we jumped in here and had a guy come out to look at it. And he was like, yeah, I think you guys could pull it off. And we just went for it. And then you said, I'm going to be the contractor on this? Basically, yeah. I mean, I could I could go into this for hours, but I've learned a lot this year about, you know, delegating and, and doing the, the best activities. But I'm very much a, like, change the oil on my car kind of person, you know? Yeah. So for me, it was just like the task at hand was to do it. Um, and we did it and, and I'm super happy we did. And so is my wife, like it, it's worked out great. Um, but at the end of it, I was like, I do not want to do another project like that ever. Yeah. It probably took you three months. You said, right. Three months, like from the moment I got home from work until bed every day yeah. for, for months. I mean, it was, it was a grind. Right. The way I look at it now, you, you probably look at it now is like, if I would have hired someone, how much could I have made on Airbnb during those three months? Or something like that, right? To or yeah, I mean, other stuff like I could have gone and done other work, or you know, right? I don't know, or just not been so stressed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's cool that you're gonna make that work because I feel like a flex space. That's something that like I've <clears throat> in different states. Like my uh, one of the guys that managed solar with me lives in Utah, and they have a full furnished um, basement. You know, it's 20 minutes from Park City. It's perfect, like separate entrance, but as far as a flex space goes, that's interesting. So it's like separate from the actual house that you're living in, but it's not really, you know, it's, it's almost like a converted garage. You said. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's an old converted garage. And, um, and I really dig, you know, it was, it was, I don't know if you want to call it luck. I guess it wasn't really luck, but walking into something like this. So this year, at least from what we've seen, there's been a lot more, um, you know, kind of a decline in Airbnb and, and luxury housing. And it, it's not that you can't do well on it, but you have to kind of be the best of the best. Um, and what we've learned through this is, you know, the same thing that we've been hearing a lot about from Pace and, and Sub2 about affordable affordability and affordable housing, like renting out a small space like like ours that's cheap. We are we are almost 100 percent capacity for the last year and a half, or I guess it's been I think it's been up for 15 months and our occupancy is probably 95, 93 percent. I'd have to look at that. Um, but it's basically every single night. And it's just because it's just a small, affordable space. And if you think about, you know, everybody's different, but if you think about like either a couple or solo traveling, like at least for me, like when I go to Phoenix, I'm just looking for the cheapest space with a bed. And that's yeah. just how I am. Like not everybody's like that. I get that. Um, but you know, especially now that affordability is is a little bit lower, if you can get a spot for 50 bucks a night. And it looks as nice as ours. Like it, our, we redid the whole thing. So, you know, it's, it's freshly remodeled. It's not a dump, but it's super tiny. Like it's literally a hundred, I think it's 145 square feet or something. It's, it's like a, literally a shack, but it's got a, it's brand new. It's got a new bed, new fridge, brand new bathroom, literally. Um, so it, it gets the job done. And I'm actually very interested in doing more of that kind of stuff after looking into this um, either. Yeah house hacking more houses or sectioning stuff off. Like, you know, we talk about rent by the room, pad split, um, you know, doing all that sort of stuff where you section it down because at the end of the day, a lot of people like they're not looking for a space to have parties. They're just looking for a space to, to have, you know? Yeah. I realized that at one of my, I have an Airbnb in Flower Mound. I have the one in Norman as well. That's like, does really well by the university, but the one in Flower Mound I've noticed, like it's only three, four months old. Um, just arbitrage that one but it was our friend's house that he didn't want to mess with it or 
a family friend that we knew. But anyways, I get those last minute bookings just because people don't have a place like in Flyman, there's not much of a place to stay. And it's more like, hey, they're just coming in for one night, like last minute all the time. And if you had a cheap like that, that's nice. It's like, yeah, I mean, they want to make sure that it's legit. They're in a safe area, but that's crazy that you're able to keep it that occupied. So you should have someone living pretty much right next to you. They know that you're right there every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tell it's, it's right there, but I mean, like we're quiet and, and the other people are usually quiet. It's, it's very like homey. It's just like yeah. a place to stay, you know? And it's that small that, you know, they're not really gonna, they're not throwing a party. It's just someone coming to stay for one. Yeah, or two we've never, we've never had an issue with it. I mean, you could look at it. It's literally 150 square feet. Like I, I don't even That's know small. what to, to throw in there. <laughs> So would you say that was your your whole start? Because that's funny the way looking back at this now, like the last two years, exactly what you just said is how I got into real estate too. I I did the whole sales thing, came back, and I was like, I listened to Bigger Pockets every day, and you know, I went on their site and was like finding a realtor in the area in Oklahoma City. Yep. Found a guy that was great. He found me, you know, or kept sending me listings, but it was at the peak of the market, and they were going like in two seconds, um, and it was through him that I ended up finding that property in Oklahoma that got me into real estate that I've been running on Airbnb for the last two years now. But, um, was that pretty much your start in real estate? Yeah. It, ours was like a, like a flood of stuff. Um, but that was a hundred percent of the start. We, we lived in Montana for like a year and a half or something prior to this. Um, and so I spent that whole time. I had convinced myself we couldn't invest in real estate while we were out there, which we both know now, you know, not true, but that's, common i would say so yeah. i like i had friends i i could go on about this too but like i've gotten very into just like copying what's working for people and so i had close friends that were doing the like exact house hack model just buy a house every year and they had they were on like their third one and i was and you know i had seen their numbers i knew what was working i was like i'm just gonna do that like it makes so much sense um it's not even that hard you know it's it's really just like being willing to move basically um, and so I was reading those books and that's, it's not the only reason, but when we left Montana and we were trying to figure out where to go, I was, I just picked Jacksonville because I thought it would be a good rental market. That's honestly it. Like we had never even been here. Um, but we just picked it because I was like, we can just move there buy a house and, and start, you know, making some sort of progress towards this stuff. Cause I felt like I was reading all those books and I was like ready to do something, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, like we bought or we went under contract on the house and then I ran into pace like at the same time. Um, so we joined sub two probably within, I think we joined sub two the week after we bought this house. So it was kind of like a, like when I was building the Airbnb, I was listening to pace like the entire that was just, uh, part of your closing costs right there. Joining paces mentorship had doubled the closing costs, put it that way. But <laughs> yeah, so funny. I think I, I think I found him after I'd, uh, yeah, I'd already done mine. It was probably like six months after. And I was like, wait, I don't have to go get a loan every single time to buy. Cause I didn't know how I was going to scale it. Um, that's cool though, that you were able to, especially like your wife, you she was just down. Like she, was she a real estate mind too? Or is she just like, I'm no, trusting she's you. Just, she's just down for whatever I say, yeah. whatever. <laughs> she knows that if I say it, then I at least have a, like a decent amount of conviction, even if I'm not exactly sure how we're going to get it done, which is definitely right. true. And could both of you guys just work from, from home? Cause I know you weren't originally right now, Ryan's all like full-time in real estate, but you're doing what mechanical engineering. 
electrical so electrical. literally like the the first week we moved here or like the first couple weeks was the craziest time ever so we moved from montana and we got back here um crazy so when we left montana there was like this this hundred year flood um that a lot of people if they are listening to this have actually probably seen i took a video a bridge got washed out of a river we were like trapped behind this river it was crazy and so we left Montana and drove all the way back to Florida, like booked it back here. And then we started or we closed on our house and we started our jobs at the exact same time, which we had never had jobs, real jobs before we worked. You just graduated? We had, we graduated and went to Montana. So we had been okay. living out there doing like whitewater rafting and skiing. Um, so we came no, back I here, we got our jobs. So I'm going to, I was an electrical engineer and my wife was doing recruiting. Um, and then bought this house and joined sub two all like literally at, in the same week or two weeks. So it was a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I'm not an engineer anymore. Sad. Uh, I just do real estate. So I made yeah. it, um, I made it basically exactly one year as an engineer before I quit. That's crazy. I mean, it, it, I think starting, I mean, most people don't feel, I mean, depends on the mindset, feel comfortable quitting, or moving out of a W two job into something like that, but it sounds like you probably had a lot. I know you were you were very successful and felt comfortable enough to to step out of it. But how did you use like at what point did you go from okay, I'm doing this W two job now, I'm house hacking this. You started to see pretty much that Airbnb replace your mortgage, right? I mean, are you making money on that, or is it kind of just replace the cost of the mortgage? It's break even. Yeah. So what is your mortgage right now? too high i think it's 28 2700 yeah you say too high but you're living for free so yeah <laughs> so good enough um nice comfortable space for y'all uh so then whenever you did that obviously you had no expense there but you know you're living in a house you have much other expenses what made it what'd you get into in sub two because i think when i joined i was like i don't know where to start i mean there's so much information with creative financing wholesaling like he brings up gator lending that you're now doing like everything that I had that first three months. I was like, I don't even know where to start with this. I was just doing sales and I thought I wanted to buy more real estate to get that, you know, appreciation in the cash flow. But how'd you, what'd you dive into once you actually started, you know, in sub two? Yeah. Well, I will say like with all that stuff from the start, we were blessed to understand and be able to set ourselves up for success. So like what you said with the, the mortgage being canceled out. Like I'll talk about some of the stuff I did to be able to quit my job. But at the end of the day, a big part of it was just that, you know, with your mortgage covered, if you live like a 23 year old person can and should probably be living, like you don't really require that much. Right. And so for us, like that was the position we put ourselves in where when I did quit my job, I'll talk about, I, I did have a little bit of income coming in, but I also was just like, we don't have, that many expenses. Like I, I, I knew that I could have a pretty big fail safe if I was to screw up. Um, and I was totally cool with that. And that's something that's like not true for most people probably. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. But as far as what I actually did, I mean, I think most people that get into real estate, especially something like our mentorship sub two, there's, there's so many opportunities. So I was trying everything. I mean, I, I looked into, um, what's called the Lonza method, which is working with wholesalers. I, I tried that for a couple months. Um, then I went fully, fully into multifamily and I, I learned everything about multifamily. I had a team, 
Um, we were talking with brokers every day, putting in offers on, on big multifamily properties. And then, um, that wasn't quite cutting it. So then I kind of, then I went into what I do now, which is basically copying other people like that. That was my blueprint. And it, the thing is, when I say that, like there was other people doing the other stuff I was doing that worked, but I wanted to copy people that I was closer with, like people that I knew, um, that I could relate with and kind of like be a friend. Like if I copy what you do, I can just talk to you about it, you know? Whereas some of those other things I was doing, it was kind of like I was on the outside looking in. So um, Kevin Cho was was somebody that I met um, early, I guess, 2023. So the beginning of the year. Um, and he started doing some Zooms and he was talking about how he was lending money for for earnest money. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm like the most stingy. Or I was, I'm getting better about it. But I'm like the most stingy frugal person ever. Um, and so I don't, I don't spend money on anything. I, I saved it obsessively cause I didn't know how to utilize it properly. Um, and a lot of people got annoyed with me for that, but it ended up benefiting me. Um, because when I learned about that lending, I was like, well, I have all this money that I've saved up that I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Um, and so I, I kind of learned about how you could make returns lending that money short term. Um, and the reason I got into it and it'll probably resonate with other people that are interested in it is because I don't know six months from now, if I'm going to want to put a bunch of money into an apartment building, but I know, you know, I know my short term and it's like, you know, yeah, I can lend this for, for 30 days. That's fine. You know? Yeah. So I just kind of took that and ran with it. I, I learned about it. Um, I talked to Kevin and a couple other people that, that did it. And they were, you know, they were saying, yeah, we're making 30, 40% return on this money. It's, it's unlocking a bunch of money for wholesalers and buyers to, to go make money too. So it's a win-win there. Um, and so I, I was just like, cool, let's, let's try this out. So learned, talked to those people, got contracts in place, like set up my business account, kind of just got everything ready. Um, which is, you know, taking those first steps was like, I, I remember vividly, it was a Friday that I got all that set up. I like got the bank account, got the contracts, like, uh, you know, put into DocuSign, like got it all lined up. And then we had a meetup that Saturday and I went to the meetup and I was like, Hey, if anybody, you know, I, the backstory is I was already close with most of the people at that meetup. Cause I've been going every, every week or every couple of weeks for the last year. Um, but I just said, Hey, if anybody needs this, I'm offering it now. Um, and I was able to do that because the day before I just said, Hey, I'm going to put myself in a position to be able to do this. And somebody hit me up that was doing five to 10 deals a month and said, we'd love it if you funded all of them. Wow. And I was like, cool. Um, I'm, I'm ready for, well, actually what they said was we'd love it if you could fund all of them. We have, I think it was two deals or three deals that we need you to fund tomorrow. Can you do it? And <laughs> I think, you know, I think a lot of people that would say they would want to do this if they got put in that situation would be like, Oh crap. No, I have no idea what to do. Um, but I had already put, I had prepared myself for that. Like I had put that stuff in place. So I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, and so I did those couple deals, did a couple more deals with them the next week and then a couple more deals with them the next week. And, um, and I looked at it and I was basically, if all the deals closed, it was going to basically more or less replace my income as an engineer. Right. A lot of people would say, well, yeah, but that was only, you know, a very small tidbit. Like that's not necessarily full on proof. 
um, you know, after one month, like what if you don't get any deals the next month? But for me, like I said, I was in a position where I was already like very slim on expenses. And so for me, it was like, Oh yeah, no, this is, this is great. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> so I, and I, you'd, uh, you'd saved up for whatever you, you said you've been penny pension for like the last several years. So, um, sounds like you probably were in a good spot there, but I, I think for those that don't understand a little bit, like not everyone knows what this gator lending or what even you're talking about, like lending on these deals short term. Yep. So like all that means is there's people that are doing a lot of wholesale deals Were these people like on market, were they doing cash deals or creative? It's usually on market, right? So for, for people that understand the wholesaling world, cash deals, you can usually do pretty low EMD. Um, on market deals, when you work with agents, they usually are going to require around 1% of the purchase price. Um, so those are the deals that are going to be more in the like 2,500 to $5,000 range for. Right. Um, but they need, yeah. they need 1% of the purchase price, meaning like if they're going to host wholesale a deal, they're getting under contract. This agent is requiring them to put 1% of the purchase price down, mm -hmm. which if they're doing a lot of different deals, whatever you know, account they're pulling that out of. It's not super easy for them to just deposit three to $5,000 every single time they're getting a deal under contract. So yeah. then they go to someone like Ryan who has all this sitting in an account ready to lend on for a short term where he's just picking up, you know, 30 to 40% of that amount that they deposit every single time when it closes. So basically if they give, if they need $3,000 for earnest money um, to make that contract valid, then you're sending in the 3000 form when it closes, you're getting what a thousand to 1500 back. Yeah. Something like that. And I mean, I, I think an easy, well, actually let's just talk about, so we're, we're doing a deal together right today, yeah. probably. So I just sent it in actually like an hour ago. Perfect. Yeah. So let's talk about that one. Cause that'll be a really easy real life example. And then I don't have to give you an example from somebody else. So I'm lending money for Ben on, on multiple transactions right now. And I think we're going to do one or two deals today. So what's the, what was the earnest money on the one that we're doing today? And um, yeah. why, so is it, is, why does it make sense for you? And what are you going to make? Or what do you think you're going to make? Yeah. Um, so these two deals, this, this is rare because I'm almost all direct to seller on all the wholesaling deals that I'm doing, meaning I, you know, I'm putting $10 down for earnest money we're not dealing with agents. Um, it's pretty rare that we're having to put down a significant amount, right? Cause they're just someone that's in foreclosure, whatever the case, but the two deals I got under contract on Friday, right before the new year. Um, one was what we've been working on forever. Lady was, she's actually behind on payments, which I didn't know until, you know, about a week ago, but awesome. her sisters, yeah, her sisters had it on the market forever. I feel bad for the, the situation, but basically, $340,000 purchase price, but it's a subject to transactions. So she has no equity. Um, we got it under contract, just paying the agent 6,000 bucks and taking over the payments. And then she put that back. She like deferred the the balance on the back um, mm -hmm. for the, the amount she's behind. But anyways, she wanted $3,000 for the earnest money. So um, I have that one that we just got under contract. And then I have a big land deal, actually, direct to seller that came in from one of our ads on Facebook. It's like 40 acres way out East Texas. Um, I have a connection that hopefully will be finding us a buyer. She has several people that are interested, but it's a pretty big like land deal. And the lady is wanting to make sure we're serious. So she asked for 3000 too. Um, we have it under contract at 308. So both of those, instead of me just dumping 
6,000 out of my account. I mean, I have my money invested a lot of different places as fine as it may be to just be like, Oh, here's 6,000. And then, you know, another deal comes up. I might need another 6,000. I'd rather just use someone like Ryan that can dump that into it. I pay him or he pays my 3,000 and then he gets a thousand or $1,500 return whenever it closes. Yeah. So, I mean, the example Ben's giving is great just because I think a lot of people, when they hear me talk about it are like, what is a real world? Like when does this actually happen? It's happening right now. Right. So we're, I'm doing two deals with Ben today and the way you can look at it for people that are like, you know, how, how can he afford to, to pay you such a high return? Right. Well, percentage wise, I'm getting a high return, but monetarily. So, you know, the $3,000 one, if I'm making a thousand bucks or 1200 bucks or whatever off of Ben, but he's going to go, make who knows how much a a good chunk of money right let's say 20 grand so if he went and made 20 grand but he had to have that three thousand dollars before he could ever make the 20 grand then i'm unlocking for him the ability to go make way more money right and so that's that's really the the idea behind it is that my money is just unlocking that for ben for other wholesalers um to go do what they're good at to go run their business, to go wholesale deals or buy deals or whatever you're planning on doing with it. Um, and just have those funds available where the reason why I'm able to do so many transactions with people is because for example, how would you feel Ben if I told you, and this is, I get messages every day like this where people say, Hey, I want to get into lending earnest money. I've got $2,500 available to lend or $5,000 available to lend, which, which to be fair, like we don't want to say that's not any money or whatever. Like that's not what I'm saying, but the reason why I lend so much money to higher level, higher volume people in real estate is because Ben knows that if he goes and gets three more deals under contract tomorrow, he's not going to have to go find another lender. He knows that I'm just going to fund all of them. And that's the reason why I have the people that I work with now is because I can fund all of the deals. And so there's no question of like, oh man, now I have the stress of this earnest money's due, you know, by the end of the day. And I have no idea where the money's going to come from. Like the money's always going to come from me and it takes 20 minutes, you know? And so that's the reason why I've been able to, to do what I'm doing is just because I have speed and I have the availability where people know. And that was what happened with my, my very first deals when I was able to quit my job was they said, we need somebody that's going to be able to fund 10 to 15 transactions a month. We don't want to be, you know, making phone calls because these people are wholesaling a ton of deals. So they were like, we don't want to be making phone calls every single deal trying to find a new lender. Like we just want basically to CC you into the the escrow emails and just have you fund it all. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So that's, that's what unlocked it for me was just that ability to be able to be funding everything quickly and not giving them, you know, the pain of having to try and deal with more of that. Yeah, I think you uh, did. I mean, all of that's also just through relationships, like showing up at a meetup, telling people that, you know, you can do it and then actually executing on it. Because once you do it, you know, for them, it's going to show other people that they can. Um, where it's like, I, I've thought about getting into this. I mean, there's so many different avenues in real estate. I, I always hear like, there's a million ways to make a million dollars whatever the case is, shiny object, object syndrome. And it's like, I, what you're doing is a crazy concept that probably hasn't even been around. I mean, pretty sure Pace just came up with this. And the fact that like wholesaling sub two deals or on market deals is kind of 
newer in a sense, whereas like the off market direct to sellers probably been around longer, but um, lending on those EMD, EMD deals where everyone can come to you is a, a nice connection and you can automate that. We talked about systems to where you're not having to do much other than send in the money and then wait for a return. Obviously the big question, everyone says, Oh, what if the deal doesn't close, which happens all the time. Like we have one out right now on a big land deal with you that like, I have no idea if we're even going to find a builder on it. We're just kind of doing our best to see if we can, it was a like very high reward, low risk. You know, we have the option period. If we can find yeah. something great, if not, we're just going to have to terminate it. And that release of EMD is going to come back to you and we'll probably pay you whatever fee just for <laughs> having the money sit in there for a little bit. But yeah, um, Ideally, though, you just want to make sure your contracts are in place to where you're not, you know, if the deal doesn't close, you're still getting that that money back. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, most of it for me has just come from learning from experience with that stuff. Um, there's always ways to lose money when you lend. That's that's just a fact of lending. Um, but there's also a lot of ways to protect yourself. So like Ben said, um, that's another kind of big fallacy is, you know, if I lend on X amount of deals a month, I'm going to make X amount of money. I never even do those calculations because tons of deals don't close. Um, and so really, I think that looks different for everybody. For me, it's just a, a process of the relationship I have with the person. So, you know, if Ben and I are doing 10 deals a month and one or two of them don't close, I don't mind it. Like I, I can handle having that money held up. It's not a huge deal. Um, if somebody like I've had people before cancel two, three, four deals in a row, um, and then they have basically two options to continue, continue working with me, or I guess one to continue. If they want to continue working with me, they have to pay me an upfront fee um, because my money's not free. Or alternatively, I, I'm not going to fund their deals anymore. So that's what it looks like. I think that the safety aspect, like if people are watching this and, and they want to get into it, you should just work with somebody that's already done it. That's that's my honest opinion um, for something like this. It's going to save you the headache, like especially if you're want to be safer about not losing the money. Um, and so I've, I've started making a lot more videos and, and content on YouTube surrounding that stuff to try and educate people better on, on my experience. Cause I've done, um, I think I'm at like 55 or 60 transactions in the last five months. Um, so I've done enough to, enough to be able to deal with, you know, some of the, the shortcomings or whatever that, that may or may not pop up. Yeah, that is crazy. Congrats on that. We'll have to drop your, uh, your all your uh, social media i know you have your instagram i think tagged here that's everything um, that's everything that's youtube oh, that's everything yeah. instagram tiktok so or youtube but um so the emd lending that stuff is crazy i think um for people that haven't heard that but as far as the rest of your business in real estate are you still doing wholesaling do you have a team of guys doing that yeah we have a wholesale team um it was something that i said i would never get into um, but something that's, that's really cool. I think about my position now and, and real estate in general is that it's a very symbiotic business and relationship. And so I got into wholesaling, um, for a couple of different reasons. One of which was just to connect with more people and just do, do again, kind of copy what other people were doing. Um, wholesaling is, you know, as Jerry Norton calls it, it can be the money printer, um, keeping that active income coming in, which is great, but it's also been an opportunity for me to meet a bunch of people, uh, learn from more people, learn to hire people, right? We have employees now that, that work for and with us. Um, so run a team, all that stuff. Like that's, that's why I started doing the wholesaling was just to, to learn all of that. And obviously, you know, a cherry on top is that you can, you can crush it with the money. 
And you're doing mainly for this part of wholesaling, I go all direct to seller for the most part. Are you doing the on-market agent kind of lower equity type deals? Yeah. So we do a hundred percent, more or less a hundred percent direct to agent, low equity, um, sub two deals. I've, I've never closed a deal that was not a subject to deal where we took over a mortgage. So really? that's a hundred percent of what we do. Um, and the, the symbiotic part that is cool is like my lending business feeds the wholesale side and that's super cool. Um, so like, you know, you'll hear focus on one thing or whatever. And I'm technically right now have three or four different businesses that I'm working on and running, but they all are just the different parts of real estate. So they all come together. So my lending business lends to our wholesale business for a transaction. And then I have a software business that helps you find those deals in the first place. So it's, it's all connected, you know? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even go into that, but Ryan has created all of his, I guess, engineering background and uh, technology smarts there. I was going to say you setting up your systems is something that you definitely have dialed to where my brother and I are like, just jump in the fire, talk to as many people as possible. And, you know, we, we get deals, but it's like, there's things that slip through the cracks. We're always on the phone. Like if I, you having all the employees, all the systems in place is nice to where we're trying to get to delegate a lot of that. Um, but yeah, your whole electrical engineering background and, you know, I think you have some experience with coding, all that, right? Yeah. So you created a tool with, I believe Myron, right? Another member of the group to where low equity sub two, all that means is they're going on market. They're finding houses that are actually up for sale on the market, but they don't have any equity. So they bought it a year, maybe two years ago. If they sell it on the market, they're probably going to make nothing or very little. So they're coming to them and saying, Hey, instead of having someone qualify and get this, you know, seven, 8% interest rate, and you're paying closing cost commissions, all the realtor fees, why don't we just take over your payments subject to we'll pay the agent commission. And then for them, it makes more sense. It can get done quicker. They're not losing money. Sometimes they can actually make money. And then you guys have this contract now to where you have the current interest rate that they had, or sorry, the, the existing interest rate, which is probably quite a bit lower than the current one. You're paying maybe the eight to $10,000 of an agent commission. And now you have this very low entry point on a deal with a much better payment to either rent out Airbnb, you know, live in as a homestead. So you guys then go and wholesale that contract to someone in the group that, you know, would like to actually purchase that home. So this is what their business model is. But again, now they have earnest money they need to lend on and who's lending on that. It's Ryan's EMD business. So um, you have people that are on your team. Are they doing the acquiring? Are they, how does that like, team look right now for the wholesale business? Yeah, the team's shifting around a little bit, but the general structures, we have acquisitions, people that make phone calls and send emails um, to, to all those properties. You know, Ben described it very accurately, but I will say it's a lot less easy than it sounds, right? It's, it's very uh, in-depth when it comes to explaining how the process would work um, because most people don't understand what the heck you're talking about. So we have people that make those phone calls and kind of get that process started. Um, and then my partner Houston is usually the one that comes in and, and closes the deals. And then I work on the back end mostly. So, um, like you said, the systems and the contracts, um, and then we actually just hired a, a dispositions manager who takes those deals and, and helps to find people that want to buy them. Okay. And then I think this is the cool part for like building that team. Something that we need to figure out is like, all these people are just getting, you're not necessarily paying them as like a W2 or anything like that. Right yeah commission okay 
So they're all just getting a commission when the deal closes, which puts your overhead, you know, pretty much to nothing there. Yeah. So we have no overhead. Um, well, I, I, we probably have 300 bucks a month, maybe overhead. Right, like what about a transaction coordinator. Are you paying a transaction coordinator? They get paid at closing by the buyer. Okay. I didn't yeah. know if you were paying them anything up front. Nope. So uh, the only overhead we have is, um, is just like our software, software and CRM, right. a couple hundred bucks. Right. That's kind of how my brother and I are. And people were messaging me about that last night is like, how do you have so little in marketing spend? It's like, honestly, because we're talking to people like crazy and we're using a lot of bird dogs that we're closing their deals. And, you know, we're not paying for a ton of marketing other than our CRM and the lists. Like we paid up front for that at the beginning of the year. So right. we're just closing deals from people that are getting in touch with people that need to sell it quick. But um yeah so you're you have a team set out the marketing tool that you're talking about so you created a tool to find these leads and basically automate you know what area you want them sent to you're pulling them from how did you get this tool set up to find these low equity deals yeah so i mean you pull lists from from whatever websites um so right now our our tool works on prop stream and batch leads which are our two data sources that people use um and so you pull lists from those things and then the basic idea of the tool is that it looks at all those leads, finds the ones that are low equity, um, and then generates LOIs, which is a letter of intent, um, and or offers to to send out to those addresses. So wow. it's all just it's all just speeding up the process, right? Like the reason every I mean, this isn't like the the coolest thing ever, but everything comes from a need. And this tool for me was that I used to go through every listing, literally. And I would just look at each listing and find the ones that had low equity. Um, and one day I did it for a, a full like eight or 10 hour day. And I timed myself and I think I got, I think I had 25 leads at the end of the day. And that was me being really stringent. Like that was me really looking for the, the actual low equity stuff. Um, but, you know, I spent an entire day doing it. So then I, I spent the next week, couple weeks kind of front loading all of that effort into building a tool and now I can do, our, our tool can do like 500 a minute. So now I can, you know, I've a thousand X my, my productivity on that and essentially just offloaded it. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah. So you, you have these now popping up where if I want low equity deals in Jacksonville, Florida, it pops up when they hit the market or is it like, how do you, do you have to run it, you know, daily? Yeah. It doesn't pop up when they hit the market. Um, you can do that with other softwares as far as the, what our tool does is it just takes whatever pops up and filters it. Basically that's, that's the short version. It filters it down mm -hmm. to low equity. Um, so you can set up alerts, you know, on Zillow or whatever you want um, for new listings. And then you'll just filter those listings down and it just helps, you know, you know, I have people that are, that are newer, see what we do that are like, Oh, let me send you this listing for sub two. And they, you know, they have high equity or, or whatever hybrid, or it's a flip, right? Like there's all these yeah. different, um, so you have to have the right data to know, um, basically what I, what I was attempting to create was the confidence to know when you get on the phone, that this is a deal that is actually what you think it is. Right. right. So if you, if you call and offer to take over someone's mortgage on a house and you're calling somebody that has a hard money loan on a flip, then they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Or they'll say, really? And then you're going to look at it and be like, oh yeah, no, never mind." Right. So I just wanted to create that confidence, like for our team, that if I put you on the phone with somebody, you can be confident that what you're saying is, is accurate. Right. Yeah. That definitely 
happens occasionally. Like I talk to a lot of pre foreclosures and, you know, you find people that are in those situations where it doesn't make much sense. I mean, if they're in distress, there's a way you can make it a deal, whether it's cash or, you know, subject to. So what y'all are doing or finding these houses that do have low equity um, to where it would benefit the homeowner. Otherwise, I'm not going to waste my time talking to someone that, you know, they have a bigger benefit of just selling this on the market or maybe getting a cash off or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so crazy that you're able to make that tool though. That's uh, I know that's benefited a lot of people that are focused on that, you know, that kind of wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys have, have you kind of been able to monetize? I know you eventually, like at first you were just giving that out for free. Like, are you eventually now monetizing off of that? Yeah. Yeah. So we gave, I gave it out for free. Um, at first, I think that's a, a great way to, to get started with things. Um, and I just wanted everybody to have it. My theory behind it was get it out there, um, learn what's wrong with it, but also just help everybody else get deals. Cause I don't know, I, I thought it would be helpful. Um, what ended up happening was a, I, I found a lot of things that needed to be fixed, which were time consuming, um, which time isn't free. Um, but also the, the bigger thing that I learned having never done software before was that people need, uh, support, right? So there's always going to be problems. Um, no offense to the people that use the tool, but a lot of people's problems are not real problems. They just don't listen to instructions. Right. And that's just life. Um, and, but it was getting to the point where I was sitting down for hours, answering emails and and getting on calls. And it was like, okay, well, if I'm trying to get ahead here, you know, then I'm, I'm not going to be spending this much time helping people for free. Um, so we revamped the tool, turned it into an app hired some developers, um, and made it a monthly subscription. So it costs money now. Um, but now we're actually able to afford to support people and it doesn't wow. cost much. I didn't even know that you guys were doing that with the app and the subscription. How much is it every month? It's 50 bucks or 49 bucks. Okay. Sweet. So it's nothing crazy. It's, it's honestly, I, it, it's another lesson that I've learned from pace. If you charge money, you're going to filter out the people that probably shouldn't be using it in the first place. Right. Um, and it, it just gives us the flexibility to know that, hey, you know, these people are willing to pay money for it. So they're a little more bought in. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely assume so. Um, yeah. That's really cool, though. So I, I guess as far as all that goes, like you have a few different businesses. Like you said, it's cool that you tied it all together, though, through the EMD, the wholesaling, um, even this tool that helps people do exactly what you're doing. So you're using that in your own business, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because you get to show people, hey, you know, this is exactly what I'm doing to get our deals. So um, what is your goal moving forward as far as like, you know, you have this EMD business, you have the wholesaling, um, you have all the systems in place. Like what is your goal for the next, for this year? I guess we're, we're sitting here at the beginning of 2024. Yeah. I, I like to set a little bit looser goals. Um, I definitely have plenty written down. Um, but in general, I think that the goal with these businesses is to obviously to continue to grow them, um, figure out which ones make more sense in the long term. And also, like I'm continually looking at each business and figuring out where can I hire somebody to run this or how can I automate it to, to make it more efficient, um, to buy back some time that I can can go put into other things. So the biggest goal currently for 2024 is to just focus very heavily on social media, um, which I know you've, you've started to do as well. And and my reason for that is that as I've built this lending business, as I've built this wholesaling business, there's always going to be so many people that are just a few steps behind, right? Not talking like leaps and bounds behind, like don't even know what real estate is. Although the, you know, those people can watch it too, but there's always going to be the people that are a couple steps behind. And it's really hard 
to help all of them, even though you want to, right? Um, and so the more that I've started to do these things and, and had success and shown other people my success, the questions get asked, how are you doing that? How can I do that? How does this work? Um, and I can't take the time to talk to every person I've tried. Um, and it's just not very feasible. So this year, the focus is just really spending, I spend a, a good chunk of my days now on social media, on recording YouTube videos, recording content, um, doing stuff like this podcast where I can talk more about it. Um, because that's, that builds up a database for, for people, you know, years from now, they can come back and still learn from me without me having to, to, you know, specifically speak directly to them. Um, so 2024 for me is, is really hammering the social media stuff so that more people can learn this stuff. Um, and I want to do social media. I want to do more podcasts. I want to be, um, speaking on stages about it. Cause I think I've got a lot to say that can be helpful to people. Um, and so that's kind of my overarching thing. Um, smaller stuff is, like I said, continuing to build the businesses um, and buying houses out of our wholesale business and not just wholesaling them all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very I'm, I'm pretty methodical about it um, because I know that things change constantly. So, you know, I can tell you my goal this year is to probably buy around 20 or 25 properties. Um, will that change? Potentially, who knows? Um, I could easily see myself buying 50 to 100 properties. I could see myself buying five and then building some other business that 10x is my income. And I'm like, I'm going to go focus on this. Yeah. You know? So I don't freak out too much about the specifics on them. Um, but yeah, that's that's the direction. Yeah, it's cool. The the social media stuff, I, and like the same thing is you, because you've automated a lot of it, you can spend your time on the things that you want to do, which right now I'm like, I'm pretty heavy still into you know, our business, like doing acquisitions for all the wholesaling, um, buying properties. I need to delegate some of that, but it is cool. Cause you know, I have someone now running the social media part to where I enjoy doing the podcast. I don't love like keeping up and posting on social media and all that, but I get the same questions all the time by people like, Oh, how do you do this offer? How do you do like asking all these different questions to where now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start posting about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it to where can at least listen to that rather than me having to have an hour long phone call with someone every single time. Yeah. Um, it's just that. documenting, right? It's just documenting. Like, and I've, I'm, I mean, I'm still very much learning all this stuff, but I was spending way too much time um, on my first couple of YouTube videos, like trying to come up with concepts and like interesting mm -hmm. stories. And then I realized like I was setting aside this time to shoot these videos. And then when I finished shooting the videos, I was on phone calls for six hours, like, you know, crushing deals, closing deals, making a bunch of money. And I was like, Oh, I should probably just turn the camera on, you know? Yeah, that's true. Just need to start recording the live conversations we have. That's probably the most effective for what people are trying to learn. Um, yeah. And stacking your time too, right? Like if you can, if you can close deals that you're already closing, but then also make content out of it to help other people do the same. It's, it's classic two birds with one stone. Right. I've thought about doing that, getting the Zoom going, doing live calls. I see people do that a decent amount in uh, in the sub two group. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I get my the thing is my phone rings like that's most of our leads and how we're closing deals. Is people just bringing us like, hey, this seller's in foreclosure in two weeks. They need to like see their options and I'm just immediately hopping on the phone. So um, doing that and actually filming it would be probably a little more effective. So that's that's the one goal I guess I'll have this year. I want to get to. Uh, I always said this, I think two years ago, I said this having 25 doors by 25. So I need like 15 or no, 
like, yeah, 15 more doors maybe. So um, that's one goal. And then just automating the wholesale business to where I can be like you and just step aside and focus on the things that we want to do, but we need to, to definitely hire to do that. Yeah. And I think My the new- reality of that is like, you're never, well, I shouldn't say you're never, you're probably not going to actually fully step aside right now. Right. But it's going to be a lot more, as they say, you know, on the business, right? So you're obviously not going to step aside right now unless you're going to hire, you know, a C-suite. Like you're not going to be hiring an actual person running it most likely. Um, But you will be able to bring people in to do those tasks so that you can kind of be more directional with with what you're saying. Um, Or also, you know, the goal is that if you wake up on a Tuesday and, and aren't feeling well or whatever, you know, you can just rest and, and things still run. I mean, I think that's everybody's ultimate goal is just not like when I say that people are like, Oh, you're going to retire. It's like, no, I'm not going to retire, but I just want to have the option to not do it if something comes up. Right. Because the reality is like, we like what we do. So we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I could never see myself. I used to say that like I want to retire by 30 or be able to. And now I'm like, well, I guess I'm only doing all real estate now. So I'm technically you know, I don't know. I'm not retired, but I couldn't see myself just stopping. Like I wouldn't just, everybody says that I'm retired because I stopped, stopped being an engineer. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't have, I've never had a W2 job, but I'm not definitely not retired. Don't see myself ever stopping something. It's just focusing on the things that you want to do rather than you have to do. Yeah. Um, Bigger and better things. Exactly. That's sweet. Well, I I appreciate the time. This has been, uh, it's been fun. Uh, Cool to hear about all your success. I know we probably met each other like I don't know, seven months ago. Um, and I don't think you were where you at now. So nope. um, cool, cool to see what you're doing. And hopefully these deals, uh, I'll have to chat with you a little more about the ones we're sending in, but um, go follow Ryan on Instagram. I think TikTok, YouTube, you're doing big stuff over there. Um, yep. It's Shrope underscore three, two, one. We'll drop that in the, uh, in the little notes below, but Appreciate the time. We'll probably have to do this again sometime. Yeah. Appreciate you having me, dude. Good luck with everything. You too. All right.